0: Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. My name is Bob Asman, and I'm your host for today's podcast. We have another wonderful guest joining us, Dennis Wakabayashi. Dennis, welcome to the podcast. We're really happy to have you here. And if you would, introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Sure. Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. My name is Dennis Wakabayashi. I've been traveling around the world collecting CX insights from humans, their experiences, talking about what they're producing, but what I like to dig in on is lesser known facts, sort of learn more about the people, the human beings that are creating this new experience economy. That's kind of a buzzword, but I think you get what I mean. I'm I'm really just a curious person who shares stories about CN- CX all over the world.
0: So Dennis, tell me about that curiosity. What drove that? How? Where did it come from? How did it develop in you? You know, I, I'll take you back all the way to the beginning,
1: Bob, because we're being informal and we're, we're friends. You know, a little 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 known story about me is uh when I was growing up, I was um a child in a Japanese family post World War II, living next to an army base. And we were we were lower income, you know, there were some adversity things that we faced. And across the street from my house was a park and a abandoned housing project. I think this housing project had been um Abandoned for since before I was born. It was decrepit. And, you know, I think uh, it was sort of this eyesore to the community. And one day when I was in my rebellious teens, I went over there and I painted this mural on the projects that said, Greatness can start from anywhere. And it became a landmark in our neighborhood, an inspiration to the children. Whose mothers were taking them to the park, the people in the neighborhood. And it was then that I really discovered the power of good experiences and why they mattered to humans. And ever since then, I've looked at experiences, whether it's graffiti or I'm in businesses or in schools, because I'm also a teacher. I look for what are the things that make people feel positive about being on this planet for the time that we have? And then I try to, you know, cultivate those wherever I go.
0: So, Dennis, that's really interesting. And, and the global aspect is sometimes we don't have in the profession. You know, we, <clears throat> we may only see it from our home country. How does that global perspective impact you and how has it changed you informed you through the years?
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because I also try to bring value to the communities. And you're exactly right. A lot of us are talking in the United States about United States brands or North American brands. And so I specifically set out to be a a global voice of customer experience. And, you know, Bob, I don't know if you knew this. I just recently got back from Dubai. I spent two weeks. I was asked to be the CX influencer for Expo 2020 Dubai, covering 200 nations worth of customer experiences. And I had the profound opportunity to speak with the leadership there who created all of the experiences. And we're talking about experiences in architecture that made sure that wind was blowing a particular way in between buildings to account for the heat, or we're talking about the education of a million different students, all at different levels of competency. We were talking about um, little things like the trash can saying, thank you for putting your trash in. So a lot of diverse experiences, many of which sort of reconciled for me the notion that The human experience is really the experience we're all having. Customer experience is a contextualization of that for um, particular uh, extensions of service design in the business world. But that international perspective has led me to uh, participate in things in Brazil, in Latin America, in Asia, in the Middle East. And the one common thing we all have is... We're all experiencing things and there is a tension between positive and negative experiences or energy. And I think you, at at some level, we all either make a choice with our pocketbook or with our our personal work to commit to a better way of life, a better set of experiences.
0: Dennis, that's really a fascinating perspective that you have. And you bring in an interesting dynamic about... The human experience. Mm-hmm. I know a close friend of mine, in Majors, yes. often says, "Hey, remember one thing when it comes to experiences, we're all humans." Yeah. Why do you think we forget about that? Why? Why don't I mean? So often we're maybe we're just driven by the numbers, or we're, or we're driven by a, a, a task we have to get done. But at its core, what we're talking about is human experience. Why do you think sometimes we overlook that? My personal opinion on this is. You know,
1: we're the evolution of our economy went through this industrial revolution where efficiency and machines were introduced into culture of humankind, and we were reduced to a part of the machine, and our economics, unfortunately, supported that. And consequently, the marketing and advertising and media followed. And I think what we're in the midst of now is a transformation of our awareness due to social media in the power or the purpose of communication. And I think we spent a lot of time from the 50s to um, the 90s. Well, actually, I would say till 2013, to be exact. We spent a lot of time powerless to amplify our own voices. And we were contextualized in the machine of of industry, and since then, last ten years or so, we've had a voice we're we're able to share with each other, and I think we're relearning how important it is for communities, for people to have a purpose besides to be a cog in the machine. But I think the difference between then and now is we also have a understanding and a respect for the importance of the economy. So I think we're all trying to figure out. Um, what this new world of transparency and privacy and data and communication all mean. But I I really think that it's less about humans as a being, but more of training that we've had for 100 years that we're now moving on to lesson two, if you will.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. Um, And you talk about data, Dennis, and I'd like to get your perspective on what seems to be a hot topic right now is lots of organization collecting lots of data, lots of organizations not doing much with the data. Is that what you're seeing or what's your perspective on this whole collection of data?
1: Wow. You know, I think we've had this conversation in different contexts. And and I will say that um, my personal opinion about data is I often teach in the classroom, we can't manage what we can't measure. And that that lesson sort of gets a little bit extra and um, overdone in terms of measuring too much. And the digital world has given us access to all the data that we want. And what I also caution students on the balance of what we can't measure, we can't manage, or what we can measure we can manage. I would also say be careful because if you interrogate the data long enough, it'll tell you anything you wanna
0: hear. Oh my gosh, Dennis, that is so true. We used to say when a market research survey came out that was not favorable to us, everybody would question the source of the data when it came out favorable to us, nobody questioned anything. We ran with the data and we publicized how good we were. Exactly, exactly. That's really interesting. So, so Dennis, where are we at in the world of customer experience right now? I mean, however you wanna classify the pandemic, either post pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, whatever the case may be is, supply chain issues, war in Ukraine, where do you think we're at as a profession, and as an industry, so to speak, around organizations working on their customer experience?
1: I think we've reached maturity and saturation at the number of minds and tools and vocabulary around customer experience. We we have enough. We, We, as you and me and others like us, have been trying to create a culture of experience in business for ever since really since, well, technically since 1994 um, with Forrester's work. But Gene Bliss, I think, kicked it off really well for us in terms of getting our voices and our roles into business. And we've had that for about 10 years now. And where we are today is we're going on to the next phase. And what I mean by that is, we no longer have to explain that experiences matter, but what's happening around us is the communication of those experiences is changing more rapidly around the world than I think our community of CXers is, is really realizing. And I'll give, you, I'll give you a concrete example there, Bob. We, we talk a lot about chat. We talk a lot about customer care. We talk a lot about um, communicating with the customer. And let me just point out the chat windows. Chat windows are where predominantly, I would say, most everyone in the world is active in their chat windows. In their chat windows, text, chat, social media channel, DMs, we're active in those all day long from the time we... Wake up in the morning till the time we tell our kids in college we love them before we go to sleep. We're active in those windows. And not only we're active in those windows, we're holding 10, 20, 30, 40 ongoing conversations that are working in different frames of speed, if you will. So some of us, we text every week, some every day, some of us every minute. And all those chats, customer care has been done such a great job at getting chat into the customer experience and then here's 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 the curve in the road the trend is to move to voice memos in the chat so what i can tell you is the way we communicate as a culture of humans around the world is starting to use the technology in unintended or let's say not favorable to the management of customer experiences. So despite our best efforts and all of our data and all of our technology, the human is still driving an evolution of communication that we we just can't seem to catch up with.
0: And what's it going to take to catch up with it, Dennis? I think you're spot on here with this um, perspective. Well, I'll
1: tell you, when I was in Dubai, I met with these leaders who created literally, figuratively, and actually the greatest experiences on earth. And my eyes were opened. And Ala al sharugi who was the head of the... um, virtual experience at expos she opened my eyes to this thing and honestly bob it's had me stuck stunned stopped in my tracks ever since i heard her say it which is in customer experience what they realized at expo was that when a mother and a daughter come to an experience each at different frames of mind and states of experience, they go into an experience, each of them as let's just to make it technical, a target market or a persona. And when they have that united experience together, both of them emerge different than they went into the experience. And what that really told me is that CX and experiences are not something to catch up to or to capture, but there's something that they're a thing that has to be nurtured and cultivated, and they have to be pushed along by our best efforts to be whatever they can be. And so ever since I've come back from that, that time in Dubai with the leaders at Expo, I realized that my mission is not to define or determine any best customer experience my job is to feed the fire of great experiences and let
0: the humans tell us what's next dennis is it fair to say that's been a significant shift in your thought process when you said you were stunned and stopped in your tracks bro, bro i spent <laughs> i spent
1: 30 years of my career in digital marketing quantifying uh, isolating my before I went to Expo, my mindset was always that personalization, one to one, was the definition of success, and knowing the customer better than anyone or any any way possible was where my north star was, and my north star now is I don't even want to know the customer. If I know the customer, I've somehow put them in a box that's unnatural. And so I no longer want to know the customer. I want to find what their journey is and go with them rather
0: than prescribe a journey. So Dennis, this is really, really rich uh, content that we're talking about here and the opportunity for a shift in thinking and it's early in your thought process, I know, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. How do you think this exemplifies itself in some of the traditional ways we've approached experiences, and how you might think we change our approach? You mentioned one about uh, the customer and knowing the customer. Do you have you gotten to the point yet where you can think of other ways this is going to going to show itself? With this, I, shift I in think. Thinking? Yeah, like, thank
1: you for that insightful and careful question and tuning in because I know that I'm sort of being philosophical here and I appreciate this conversation a lot because really what I think CX professionals have done is we've tried to guess what the customer will do and the shift needs to be to what can the customer do So what can they do if we give them this experience? Not what we'll take away from it, not what they will take away from it, but where will they go next if given an unlimited number of opportunities instead of pushing them down a funnel to a conversion? That's sort of, that's like, I'm sort of, I'm like... Last one, it's right here. You really pulled me out of my shell, Bob. This is the first time I've ever <laughs> spoken like this. So,
0: well, anytime I can help, Dennis, just call on me. Is it too <laughs> late to pull this, this 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 podcast off the air? <laughs> I didn't put I didn't characterize your personality as somebody who was in their shell So you're you're uh, coming across to me as exactly as I had expected, and I'm sure our listeners are saying the same.
1: Awesome, awesome.
0: Themselves. Um so as we look, move forward i mean there's still so many unanswered questions that we have <clears throat> you know um what do you think uh if a CX professional either a practitioner or a consultant or a business partner uh of which we are, have many that are so important to the profession wh- what do you think they need to be doing differently as we move
1: forward all right, Bob, because I respect your work and I know that you'll understand this for what it's the intent. Here's, here's because, and I also know that it's important for us to give action. What can we do with this new thinking for our community? And here's, here's something unconventional and terrifying that I'm going to say, but it's important for businesses and CX professionals to hear is we've got to switch away from the persona of the customer. And we have to care about the persona of the brand. We need to put the persona of the brand at the center of experiences instead of the customer at the center of experiences. If we want to truly unlock the freedom and the potential of the relationships and notably economic relationships that we want to have with audiences.
0: So Dennis, I like this incorporation of the brand and a person a lot smarter than I am once said that the brand represents the promise made and the experience represents the promise kept. And so that linkage to brand is so important. And yet oftentimes, I don't see that linkage. I see experience sitting out here in a, in a, in a cloud. And I don't mean a a software cloud, but sitting out here in a cloud and the brand over here in another cloud. And they're like, they're going through the sky, passing one another in the night. Uh, Do you see that? Or am I off base on that observation? I would just say, hashtag you get me, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know because I, I mean, it's so important to have those brands interlocked together and you can't have one without the other. And, and so, I mean, just on a personal basis, I spend a lot of time with organizations doing exactly that. What, tell me what your brand is. Tell me what your brand stands for. Um, So Dennis, this is, this has been really fascinating to get your perspective on all of this. What have I not asked you? What are you dying to tell my listeners? What are your thoughts about some things that you've seen that we haven't touched on yet? I always like to talk to my guests about that because I won't always hit the mark. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by what guests are observing as well. Bob, thank you for that. Because
1: I do have something that's been on my mind and something I saw at Expo Dubai Expo 2020 Dubai, I spoke to those leaders and we're talking about leaders in experiences, experience development from architecture to culture, to entertainment, to events, to um, your, your uh, edutainment, to your um, immersive, to in all aspects. And one thing that really, I think it, it made me feel a little bit jaded and Uh, introspective, was something they all had in common that gave me hope for everything about this crazy planet and things that are happening to us, which is these leaders all had a couple of things that were dramatically, sincerely the same about all of them. And here's what they were. They all believed in trusting their gut they all believed in transparency. They all believed in um, collaboration and teamwork. And most of all, all of that really represented itself in something I believed and I teach and I preach, or I evangelize or talk about, which is this idea of failing forward. Or we could say in my business, we call it fail better. But what all of these people had in common at the very top of our industry and our economics was this idea that it was okay to be wrong right now, that the process of becoming better was the goal. It was not about did we get it right or did you get it right or did someone mess up or did something go wrong? Every single one of the people that I spoke to had a conviction in their hearts and in their business practices to allowing and normalizing the adversity of transformation and allowing for mistakes and accounting for them and normalizing them and celebrating the unknown or the wrong answer as the pinnacle of learning. And they turned adversity into this wondrous opportunity for learning in every level of their lives and their business product and it was just profound to see it actually work it just as you know we in in a lot of businesses we're like measure this deadline did we hit it like um sports did we win the game did we score the most points did we get the most yards did we more more measure measure and what these leaders had come to, which is, it's really not about measuring. Success is about moving forward.
0: And I mean, it's so impactful that you say that because we're so focused on measurement. I'm just reiterating what you said. We're just so focused on measurement um, that that we're kind of, we used to call it analysis paralysis. You know, how much more analysis do you have to do before you make a decision. And at what point do you cross a line of being paralyzed by the data and not being able to make the decision at the, at the detriment of your customers or your employees or anybody else. And I think, I think you're onto something here at, in, in, along well, those lines.
1: Can I jump in there? Yeah, I think please. Before giving that a little more texture. Let me put a point on what I'm trying to say. And what you're saying is yes. Measure yes. Get the answer, mm-hmm. but. We're focused too much on getting the right answer or the wrong answer. And what I found in those leaders is they they had no value perception of the answer. They took the answer as knowledge to go in the direction that their North Star took them. So they weren't ever emotionally reactionary to, oh, we didn't hit this number or we didn't get to this thing. They were actively actively, like every minute of every day, hey, what are what is this number? What does that tell us about our North Star and us as people and our team? How do we take this number and turn it into one step forward in the direction that we're all meant to go?
0: You know, I'm reminded of a story along those lines, Dennis, that I'll share in that we were, I was presenting to the board of directors because I wanted to open a new Global Operations Center. And, you know, I had all my data in line, my ROIs, my figures, everything was in line. Um, my uh, C-suite executive had taken me through what are all the questions the board's going to ask. We practiced for endless hours on end. And we walked into the board and and the chairwoman of the board um, welcomed me and said, we're looking forward to your presentation. And, and as I began to speak, uh, she said to me, you know, this is, this is interesting that you're talking to us about opening this facility, but tell me something, what do our people there think in that country? What do they think about the new facility? What do they want in the facility? Um, are they welcoming it? what's the culture there? It was all about the people. Yeah. And, and there I am with all my figures, right? They, I was rock solid on my figures and I was able to respond on the people side. But you could see the whole boardroom kind of shift from, let's find the number that he made a mistake on, to what is this going to do for our people? And how is this going to broaden this organization's brand and and our culture? And it was a fascinating transition to watch just within a 30-minute frame in front of a board of directors.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's such a great lesson to learn. So I guess to sum up what your question really was, is my one takeaway from this conversation, if I could say to an audience is I truly believe that the very best thing you can do each day is fail better.
0: That's really great words of wisdom, Dennis. And I can't believe how fast our time together goes when I get on these podcasts with guests, when we we talk about these important matters. So I just want to take the opportunity to thank you. Dennis, if if our listeners want to learn more about uh, you and your organization and the things you're doing, how best can they do that? (laughs) Well, well, there's
1: two ways. Certainly, you can check in on me at Dennis Wakabayashi on LinkedIn. But Bob, I've recently done a thing where I've stopped trying to gain followers or grow my audience. You know, I recently have gone through a sort of purge where I've really given everyone an opportunity not to subscribe or not follow me. And in this next year, I'm devoting all my energy to a small group of people who really care about what I'm doing and want these Intimate stories that I'm sharing on CX. So, if someone is very, very interested and they really want to connect with me, email is the best way. And there is a sign up form on LinkedIn, or if someone wants to DM me on LinkedIn, I'm happy to engage. But all my energy going forward is for a small group of people who really want to be engaged. So, you know, I you want to just see what I'm randomly posting LinkedIn, but if you really want to connect and engage, I'm, I'm all, all for that. And just DM me on LinkedIn.
0: Dennis, I have to say, I read that. Um, I believe you might've sent a newsletter out or, or some communication to people that follow you. And I read that and I was inspired by that because I don't know about you, but on LinkedIn. I get many, many requests of people. I don't know um, we have no common followers. We have no common connections. And, and there's a number of reasons why that happens. Maybe they're trying to sell me something or influence me. But um, I really took inspiration from what you did there to say. And, and I think what you're talking about is quality of the interaction as opposed to quantity of the followers. And I really admire that in you and your decision to do that.
1: Uh, Thank you. You know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be on this podcast, Bob, is because I view you as a quality mind and thinker and collaborator and communicator in our industry and you, sir. You're an inspiration to me as well. You go the extra mile. You have this podcast. You're trying to get to deeper conversations, bring new and meaningful content to the equation. You're not out trying to sell something to everyone. And you know just back at you, Bob. That's, that's why I'm proud to be on your show today.
0: Thank you so much, Dennis, for those kind words. And listeners, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Dennis, we've certainly enjoyed having you with us today. Appreciate your time. This has been another episode of the All Things Considered CX podcast. I'm your host, Bob Asman. If you've enjoyed this podcast with Dennis, as I'm sure you have, please share it with your networks. And of course, stay tuned for a future episode and all episodes of my fellow podcasters as part of the CXFM radio network of podcasters. Until next time, thank you.